Hello, everyone. Welcome to Spirit Switchboard. I am your host, Carrie Lynn Shellhorn, and you are joining us live on the United Public Radio Network and the UFO Paranormal Radio Network 105.3 and 107, 107.7 out of New Orleans. Today, um, I have been super excited about having my guest on today. It's been a few weeks in the, in the planning, and I'm just thrilled that she's here today. So joining me today is Rhonda Doughty. She is a paranormal investigator, a psychic medium, a Reiki master, shamanic practitioner, and a podcaster. She has been drawn to the unknown her entire life, but in the last several years has begun using her intuitive abilities and connection to spirit in the paranormal field. She is based out of Richmond, Virginia. She is currently a member of the Fredericksburg Paranormal Research and Investigations, and also co-host of which I have been on this, which is fabulous. I hope everyone pays attention and listens in. The Orion Effect podcast with Howie O'Dell on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. on the Rift Nation Network and substitute co-host for the <laughs> the freaking awesome paranormal show with <laughs> Ryan Jones on the Vibe Network on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Thanks for joining me, Rhonda. You're welcome. I'm just, I've been just as excited as you've been. It's... um. And I think I love it when you when you meet someone and you just know you just click <laughs> and it feels like you've been friends forever. And that's, yes. that's sort of how yes. it felt. So, you know, is it um, you know, it feels like we were just going to sit down and have coffee and chat. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is super exciting for me. Yes. Um, so I want to know, did were you having paranormal like most of us that move into this sort of field as adults have experiences as a child in one way or another we have some sort of experience as a child did you have so my experiences as a child were unknown to what i was dealing with i think i did not live in what i believe to be a paranormal house or anything like that. So my father built the house there might have been some things with the land and that kind of thing but i was always the child that um, had an imaginary friend or mm. that could not, I could not sleep at night without not just my light on the light in the hallway, every light had to be on. And so now, you know, through my development and working with other mediums who that I, that I've learned, they were like that you were probably sensing things around you. And that's why yeah. you were so scared. Um, so now I look at things that I did as a child. Um, and I'm like, Oh, that explains it. For me, the paranormal was just always something that had to be just real. Like I just, I never, I've never questioned it. Even as a mm -hmm. child, even as an adult, there's, there's more than we understand. And so I've always had that. And my mother had that. She very much had the, you know, she was reading all of the ghost stories and the ghost books. And, you know, uh -huh. we both love to watch horror movies. And so, you know, it was, it was ongoing. So as it, we just didn't talk about it. And now I even look back, I think my mother had some things and didn't say yeah. anything about it. Cause my dad was very much like, not that way at all. Um, but like, you know, I look back now, like when you were a child and you were really sick, she always had a relative in the mountains. She would call with some kind of remedy that was weird to Love make it. you feel better. So, yeah. So I think it was always there. Of course, my abilities, like uh, the other thing that happens with people who get in the paranormal or have abilities, it comes out based off of some kind of trauma you go through later in life. And then suddenly it's like, boop, there we are. <laughs> and sometimes plural. 
Yes. <laughs> Not just trauma. Yeah. <laughs> it's trauma yeah. plural. Yeah. Absolutely. I just gonna say a quick shout out here. Um Hi, Catherine and Lois. Hi, Michelle. Thank you for joining us again. And Kim Sage, who is part of your paranormal yep. group, she correct? She's my best friend, my my partner in crime, and she's yep. also on my paranormal team. <laughs> yeah. And Kim is a medium as well, too. Is she, she is a medium yeah. as well. She is Brilliant. a medium as well. And and so, yeah, she's Thanks. one of my, she's one of the ones you call now like you are that says, yeah. I know this sounds crazy, but yeah. <laughs> I don't even start that as a conversation anymore. I just go, I just had an experience and I just need to talk it out. Yes. <laughs> I don't even, cause it's all going to be crazy. I just always assume it's going to be sound crazy. So we just don't even start there. Hi, John and Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Thanks for being here. And Julie, thanks for being here today. Hi, hi, John. John Sullivan is also, he's like the lead on our paranormal team. So that all my people are joining. I'm so excited. And Howie's just joining. Hi, Howie. Her trauma is, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Especially when you're saying that she's the one that's supposed to be keeping you on a tether. Yes. <laughs> that would be trauma. Oh, hi, Donna Jean. I'm glad that you're here. And Jennifer. Hello, everyone. This is exciting. Yeah, it's super exciting. It's, um, you know, I wasn't that kind of kid necessarily that had the light on, but I, I'm eight years older than my sister. And so I would um, read her Stephen King stories <laughs> when she was just little, little. <laughs> so like creepy paranormal stuff, like anything ghost story. Like she, she tells everybody the stories about how I started off um, her journey with uh -huh. um, therapy <laughs> <laughs> by reading her pet cemetery when she was maybe six. <laughs> but I mean, now she's, she's just so great about, um, joining in when I say, come on, let's, let's, you know, do this investigation. And she has those conversations with me. And, um, and I, I appreciate and love her for that because, you know, when there's always the one in the family structure. And I was thinking about how you were talking about your mom and your dad. And I find a lot of us um, that are in this have partners that are, you know, hands-on, people, you know, very grounded, salt of the earth. And, and we need those sort of people to keep us balanced out. Yes. Yes. You know, we can't all be like this. <laughs> <laughs> I would love us to be, I would yeah. love us to be. Yes. But I, I don't know. I certainly seen a shift. I would say in the last year, even more so, I guess, you know, whether that's uh, starting the podcast uh, this past spring or, a little more exposure that um, there's more playing nice in the sandbox. There's a little more link in arms and let's, let's do this together uh, community feel than what I have felt in the past, because I certainly was in this and pulled way back. Uh, so stepping forward to, to start uh, spirit switchboard was sort of putting myself back into this world again. And it's really been like meeting people like you, it's been a real pleasure um, and not so much of that competition feel in what I used to, to, uh, encounter before. Yeah. I, you know, I've heard a lot and I guess I've seen it some, I know we hear about a lot, especially with paranormal teams. 
I've seen it in the mediumship psychic realm, but I've always, I don't know if I just came around the right group of people. Um, mm -hmm. Kim and I, we studied with a lot of the same mentors. We kind of started our journey about the same time. And I'm just really lucky that everyone I've come in contact has been super supportive. And I think everybody just gets that we all work different. There's no, there should be no competition. Mm -hmm. We all work differently. We all mm -hmm. bring a little bit different to the table. Yeah. So sometimes it's nice to have somebody who, who views things. I wouldn't say even say views the world differently than you, but like connects with spirit differently than you who can maybe teach you something or show you a different perspective. Yeah. Or maybe thinking of. So I, it, it amazes me. I'm glad that seems to be diminishing some, um, you know, even, you know, FPRI, Kim and I, we are just big supporters of anybody and everything. You know, we we're always putting everybody out there. So I'm glad to see that you're finding that now, but I'm glad to see there seems to be a shift. I hear that it wasn't always so, so. Uh, well, you know, maybe I need to take some accountability in that too, because, um, Certainly, you know, there's maturity, <laughs> so a different age, perceiving things differently as well, too. And I think uh, at a different place in, in, in my journey, I've, I try really hard to stay. I'm so busy in my lane that I, for the most part, I don't notice what everybody else is doing. So, you know, I think I'm a little more involved now as well, too. So that may make a difference if we need to you know, be honest and have some transparency. I need to maybe own some of my own shite too. <laughs> well, you know what? Kim and I were actually talking about this today because, you know, you have have those periods of time where you really need to be almost like a horse with blinders and not mm -hmm. pay attention to what's going on around you because you need to focus on your growth and yeah. not worry so much about what everyone else is doing. So I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing either. I learned no. that actually from I'm seeing this flowing, but in my business career, the, the my job, I had a really great manager. I worked with her for 20 years. And when things would get tough at work or there was chaos at work, when you work for a corporation that you've run into, her first thing was like, heads down, do your work, focus on your job, and it will be okay. Don't let this noise distract you. Yeah. So, and I think it's a little bit of the same thing. I think you can be open and supportive, but also stay in your lane at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And it's true. Like, and you can be the same as when you're working intuitively, open and grounded at the same time. It doesn't have to be all yes. air, airy fairy. Doesn't it yeah. doesn't have to be all mamby pamby because you know that's just not that's not really not real life to yeah. be all that way too. Yeah. But and I, I think, too, our ability changes the more we have accountability with our healing and our growth. So the more uh, we are accountable and understand we have a responsibility to ourselves and everyone around us for that healing journey. Yeah. You know, if we're going to be tapping into energies and, and working with people, those things are super important. Yeah, that shadow work we do on our ourselves to figure out why we're triggered by certain things and it, it flows into the paranormal because it helps you work with those kind of spirits sometimes yeah. you will run into something that you believe is i don't want to say demonic but just angrier and sometimes if you can figure out what your shadow workers are why they're making you uncomfortable you can figure out what's going on mm. with them so i mean i think it does you have to do your own work and as yeah. you do your own work more things open up yeah. um i've i've found that here in the last I would say six months, maybe a little less. You know, I've always been very clairvoyant or claircognizant. 
my clear audience is suddenly going whoosh, mm. where I'm hearing things mm. a lot more than I used to. So you grow. So inside ear or outside ear? Inside ear. Mm. Yeah. And it's um, the more that you uh, feel confident and have clarity with certain clairs and the other clairs just build up afterwards. Right. Yeah. yeah. So Ryan is just joining us now. Hi, Hi Ryan. Ryan. And hello, Paul. Ryan, I don't know if you were here earlier. We did a little shout out for the freaking awesome. Paranormal show. <laughs> Paranormal show. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Um. Where what was what? Okay, sorry. I'm just having I'm having an over fifty brain fog moment. <laughs> so, what were we just talking about? We were talking about, about how, healing and accountability yes. and our clairs yes. and our clairs inside ear and outside ear as well too. But I find this this time of year, like people talk about Halloween, the veil is thinning. I don't know why that. I I I have to sit and figure out why that phrase irks me but it just does I don't know the veil is thinning and people just spew that out. the veil is thinning like if you're someone like me it's never closed it's never <laughs> thick it's just always always there you're standing in line at the grocery store and somebody's dead person's talking to you so yeah I mean I do feel the energy shifts around for like just the overall energy mm -hmm. and it seems like but between Christmas and New Year's, it shifts. And I don't know if that's the holiday factor. You know, are all our family members, members getting closer to us because it's the holiday time? I don't know what that is. I don't know about you, but it has felt really, for lack of a better term, loud. Like yeah. this holiday, like it seems like things are, the spirits are a little bit louder than they were before. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with that, but this season's been a little bit... <clears throat> I don't know. I and I don't claim to understand everything. I I don't understand numerology. I have to look stuff up the same as other people. Do you know? Like I don't yeah. understand astrology, all that kind of stuff. But apparently, there's all kinds of like planets that were in retrograde at the same time. There was just a whole lot of stuff going on. But I it it doesn't shift. Um. I don't, I don't find it too much different than last year for myself personally, but it's always like from Halloween until the new year, it is intense and it builds up closer to Christmas. And I think with people gathering, so families getting together, um, brings in more spirits as well too. Uh, if people are grieving, uh, yes. in, for whatever reason, the, the grieving and loss and, you know, people in spirit wanting to be close by to let them know and um, support, you know, I think mental health uh, takes a nosedive too. Um, it does. Like seasonal, um, is it uh, sad? Seasonal depression. Seasonal affective disorder. disorder. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, all of those things, it just gets dark, but that brings us to like, why ghost stories and and those crazy Victorians had those you know traditions <laughs> of like yeah. getting together around the fire at Christmas Eve and telling ghost stories, right? So yeah, yeah. It's the, the dark times, and you tell ghost stories more when it's dark out. <laughs> yeah, you do. You do mm -hmm. for sure. Hi, Jocelyn. Hi, Contessa. Hi, Connie. Um, Heather and Linda, thank you very much for, for joining us today. Um, I, I listened to, I think it was the, the Thanksgiving 
episode with for you and Hallie on the Orion effect where you were, I think it was Thanksgiving. Was it you were talking Hutchison? Mm, you were talking about the dinner with ghosts at Gettysburg. Yeah. Your yeah, team did yeah. That? yeah, our team did that. I did not get to go to that. We had a something come up at work and I was not able to join, but they did dinner at a ghost at a haunted location. And we've done dinner with a ghost here at a location in Virginia at a, at a high school. Um, and that is just like a fun, fun thing that, that they do that um, John Cushman and Debbie put on. They, um, they, they have this, they, they bring it all there. It's this huge table with all of this festive looking things. And then like big crystals and, you know, they set up, table and the, the meal is fantastic and then they set a place for the ghost to come join and they run evp sessions and things like that while while you're having dinner and it's it's a lot of fun and then usually there's an investigation afterwards oh that's super fun so yeah. i've i i do that like put an extra place setting out for loved ones at especially at christmas time but i i do this event called dining with the dead i've done it for 12 years now at various locations and and they are they are or, uh, yeah <laughs> they're a lot <laughs> but so much fun there's yeah. so much fun and and people enjoy that right just that that idea and going with no expectation having an open mind and open heart to whatever the process is going to be and and yeah and going with that flow right yeah so do you think that the more that you're opening up or do you see it busier through holidays, uh, opening up a little more intuitively, those events um, are affecting you differently? Like, are you opening up in a different way? So not necessarily investigative tools focused, but how you are feeling and experiencing focused. Is there a shift happening with that? I don't, I don't really notice that as much. I don't notice that quite as much. It seems about the same. It just feels like things are maybe easier to connect. And then I do feel like, you know, and I, I, I'm, I don't, we haven't talked a lot about like exactly how you work, but I always make sure I set boundaries. I don't want spirits when I'm sleeping. I don't want spirits in the bathroom, yep. you know, but I do find like I'm hearing things walking down the hall, even in my own house more than I'm yeah. like, what is that? What are you doing? <laughs> things that I normally don't notice. So I don't know if I'm yeah. just more in tune because of the time of year or if it's something really happening. Our house is always more active at Christmas time. Is like, it? Uh, yeah. And I don't, I don't, I think it's just the season. That's how I put it. It's the season. I don't, I don't, I have animals that show up in my bathroom, like spirit, pe animals that are in spirit. <laughs> you sit to go pee and then all of a sudden there's like a husky howling. Like, right beside you. <laughs> like what the heck is that? <laughs> and then I start my next session and, and then like, oh, so you had a husky. <laughs> you know, you're not the first person I've heard say that animals are coming through more often now recently. Wow. It's um, Which is a good thing because people like to hear that, right? Yeah. They, they, you know, they love to hear from their loved ones, but they like to hear too that, that, you know, their, their childhood dog is around them. Or yeah. Animals have always sort of come in for me. Oh, you see owls. How I <laughs> yes, me too. Weird ones. And we are deer too, if we're going to go that way. I have deer show up quite a bit too. I have deer show up quite a bit. 
Hi, Keith. Thanks for joining us. Hi, um, I just want to scroll back here because somebody asked a question that maybe we can address sure. it together. Linda is just asking if we start seeing people who have passed, but if it doesn't happen all the time, is there a way to open up more? A lot of it's about your intention as well, too. Some of it is about where you are, like what your experience is in that moment, because sometimes it's really just about letting you know that you're being seen, heard, and supported, right? So, you know, making sure that you understand what's going on in that moment. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think setting the intention. I had a friend recently reach out to me and she said, you know, I'm suddenly seeing something in my kitchen a lot. And I don't know if it's a family member or a passer through. And I said, you know, walk in your kitchen when nobody's around, if you feel more comfortable and actually just kind of say, I don't know if you're a family member or someone just passing through. I yeah. can't quite catch you. If you're a family member, you know, do it again here soon. And if you're not a family member, don't. So that I can determine who you are. <laughs> yeah. And I, I believe if you say it, you claim it. So if you say it, you claim it, you know, yeah. it, it makes it a little, little more real for you. And then being clear about um, asking in a way for you to see, hear, feel, or know in the best way that works for you. Yes. Because they may be giving you all these very subtle signs, but you're so busy in your life that you're missing the subtle cues with it. So you know, making sure that you understand how to do the dance with them. You're setting those boundaries in, in how it feels comfortable for you. I've also encouraged people like to make a date with them. So like, you know, every day, all week, when you walk by the photo, Hey, don't forget you and me Saturday night, got a date. That's a good idea. That's and, a really good idea. Being very clear. Cause then it's putting you into a routine of, pausing and getting into that quiet mental space, opening up before you, you connect, uh, whether you do it during dream time or meditation, but setting up. Um, yeah. And I think that's the other time. If you think you're connecting with your spirits or you're seeing something, do start that meditation practice. If you're not doing it, it's not always easy when you start, but kind of, um, start slow. Even if you're just doing body scans to start five minute little body scans to start like just listening and hearing more, that's like, ideal it'll help you yeah. get there and not like um not comparing yourself to somebody else so the coulda shoulda what i like need to be here like you just start to hold your breath and you shut everything down so the more you breathe into it i one of the other things i teach people too i if we're, we're in this so might as well just go all the way in right <laughs> yeah sure um like make sure you start your day with gratitude. So grateful that I had a bed to sleep in, grateful I got Fiji, grateful. And um, taking that deep breath and, and just doing that pause and asking what your spirit needs today. And you start to, if you did that for two weeks, you'll hear an answer before you're done asking the question. So you understand what your intuitive voice, how it works for you. Yeah. Are you seeing, hearing, and feeling? So when you have a weird experience like that, you can ask them to pull up closer so that you can connect with their energy. So you can ask that question, is this my stuff, stuff and spirit? If this is you, can you pull up closer? Like just learning how to do that pause. And, and that's helpful as well, too. Howie is just asking, how do you guys feel about people you may see that haven't passed yet? 
I think this is the second part of it. In spirit form, to be clear. Hmm. So, I'm. Are you asking? So, I, I always have like a thousand more questions. So I, I have, I have some more questions to that. <laughs> I kind of do about that one too because I don't so, know that I've seen a spirit of somebody. Who, I haven't seen a spirit of someone. I've worked with hmm. people who weren't on spirit yet, but they had other things going on. Maybe they were in the midst of passing or they were dementia or something like that, which will give the feel that they're not here. Yeah. All the so way. anyone nonverbal. Yes. So I can tap into people that are nonverbal. So whether it's disabilities or um, yes. neurological things as well too. So uh, yep. Coma as well too. So people that are in that space, because they're kind of one foot over one foot here and yes. people with nonverbal, uh, especially in the autism spectrum, which is, uh, uh I have a personal connection, uh, in, in that community as well too. So yeah, they just seem to communicate differently on those higher vibrations as well. Yes. I'm not sure if that's what you were asking, Howie, if you want to go further with that. might have been talking about is I have heard people say that they have been somewhere in like say you're in your house and you just happen to glance and you see like your uncle Joe walk past you or and say something to you and you realize later you know you're like wait he's not here what was that and then you find out they just passed I have oh. heard those stories that hasn't occurred to me at all I no I haven't had that happen either I haven't had that happen either. Yeah. And I haven't, I haven't had an experience of a doppelganger either. You haven't? No. No. Open to it though. <laughs> uh, yep. People calling my name all the time in my room. Yeah, I, I would not have patience for that. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I would be very clear that my divine team is protecting all corners of my space and and uh they are not allowed to 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 be in my space to touch me, bother me, talk to me while I'm sleeping. They can hang out somewhere else until I get up in the morning. <laughs> I kind of feel the same. I'm the same way mm -hmm. about that. There's 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 rules around that. Well, and I, yeah. I heard you on a, one of your podcasts, and I think you and I work very different, similarly that way, um, is I have a routine I do to open up. I don't walk around. I mean, yeah, you're connected, but I don't deliberately try to connect. I kind of do some things so that spirit knows, okay, she's ready to talk to us. <laughs> you know, I kind of open up, if you will. So. Mm. Sugar is just saying, I, I have to tell you, I used to have a Rottweiler um, dog, a Rottweiler puppy, a female, and her name was Sugar. Aw. Sugar. She was sweet. I see people all the time, but the ones that won't show me who they are drive me nuts. Maybe you need to figure out why they're not showing you. You know, there's a specific reason why they're not showing you if it's something that you need to learn about how you intuitively work, because there'll be a theme to it that you'll eventually figure out that theme 
is to and to why yeah. it, it's happening that way. So then you'll know, okay, this is happening. They're not showing me. So I know this is what I'm about to get into. John, you know, everybody in here. Because <laughs> it's a lot of our friends. Like That's Sean so Lennon. awesome. Thank yeah. you for showing up, everyone, for supporting Rhonda. Yes, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, and now they're getting to know you so they can join more often. Yeah, no, that's fabulous. Thank you. Contessa is asking, have you ever had a spirit ask you to contact contact with their live their loved one? I'm assuming it's what you that's alive. You mean like on an investigation or just random out and about and had somebody in spirit? I, I, even then, if I'm out and about, I don't, I don't want to open up and I would never just contact somebody. See, that's how, see, that is exactly how I was. I mean, it's what I believe, but it was also how all my mentors worked. It was kind of like, you may get something yeah. when you're out and about it, like somebody that's kind of pressuring you and saying, Hey, tell, and, but yeah. to me, that's me imposing on their free will. So yeah. I'm never going to do that. I don't know what mental space they're in at that time. Exactly. What they've got going on. Or the I'm backstory. Not saying, I'm not saying a word. I know there are a lot of people. I've heard a lot of people who are sensitive say, well, if I don't deliver the message, they won't leave me alone. And I'm like, well, that's kind of your problem to deal with. You yeah. You get your guides on it and tell them to haul their arse out of your space. Yes. Yes. You need to shush <laughs> up or you are going. Exactly. Have, just, have your gate cool, keeper escort. Yes. <laughs> End of discussion. I I don't even really care who the the gatekeeper is. Any one of my minions, move them. Need <laughs> 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 to go. This is not the time or place. But I also make sure that that spirit, you know, understands because I don't think what I don't think people understand that that spirit is just looking for the first light that's going to pay attention to it. So yeah. it may just keep seeking out light. But if, if you let that spirit know, if I am meant to be the person to deliver this message, then you will find a way to make sure that that person finds me on their own. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we just wouldn't let random living people up in our space and dictate <laughs> to us. Correct. Correct. How the day is going to unfold. So, yeah, boundaries are, Kim just said it, boundaries are really important if you're going to work yeah. with spirit at all. Yeah. Contessa's just saying, I didn't know you could tell a spirit that. Yes. I think that people think that, oh, this is a gift. And then all of their, you know, personal boundaries go out the door because they think that they need to be open 24-7 and being of service 24-7 and we still have to live a human experience and be okay. Yeah. I also think sometimes people don't realize that when you connect with spirit, just how draining it is for you. You know, it's, it's wonderful, but you, you're exhausted. Like you're mm -hmm. exhausted. John can attest for that. A lot of times I've gotten better about it. I've kind of built up that muscle, but if mm -hmm. I want an investigation, sometimes around one or two in the morning, I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> I've yeah. gotten so now I can kind of hang in there and make it later at night, but you know, it, it will wear you out. You know? And even if um, you're not trying to connect, because most of us are empathetic, if nothing else. Yeah. So we're taking on that or, you know, and all of that. It's a lot. It can be a you lot. You can 
ask your divine team and whoever feels right for you to download the DNA blueprint for your healthiest body as well too. So you can process energies with more grace and ease. And sometimes it takes a few days just depending, but you'll be, if you are energetically sensitive, you'll feel that sort of like moving down. And if it gets in a stuck spot, you know, you've got some work and stuff you need to clear from those spaces. But I I found that was super helpful because anything head related used to really toss me for it still does toss me for a loop, but nothing like it used to. Yeah. Howie says you, uh, you put so much out, you put out so much. She puts out so much in her during the time she burns in the evening time. I've gotten better about it. It's taken a while. It's taken a while. You know, I've never investigated regularly until I joined FPRI, which has just been in the last year. So I was doing investigations, public investigations here and there. But the last few times I've been able to hang in there till like five in the morning. So good for you. I promise that every time, but I'm getting there. So good for you. Linda uh, Nelson is just saying, I like being able to have boundaries. I was concerned if we tell them we need to sleep that they might stop coming. Um, and I I understand that fear, but you need to, re- to remember as well, too, that um, we're thinking human terms and where they are, they're not thinking from an ego space. It's really from that unconditional space so that it's not angry or resentful or frustrated it does they don't have those same sort of um emotions if it's somebody that's crossed over that way and i think if they understand that you're willing to talk to them on the Mm -hmm. right time they'll they're they're pretty i mean we say that a lot in, in investigations i know john and howie both have heard me say that you know people will be afraid that you know they'll you know, they won't leave them alone or they'll follow them. If you tell them to stay, they'll stay. They're yeah. not going to follow you if they know you don't want them to. Yeah. Most of them won't. And, and for children too, I talk about this a lot. My daughter is 26 now, but when she was in grade four, so whatever age that is, I don't know how old they are in grade four, 10, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the school that she was at was, you know, if you looked at a crossroad, so those four corners of a crossroad. So the elementary school uh, was on one corner, mausoleums were on one corner, children's cemetery on the kitty corner, and then like the regular uh, Catholic plot, you know, was on the opposite corner. So this elementary school surrounded by cemeteries. And she was like, Mom, they just hound me <laughs> all the time. And like, you tell them I am here to learn. You are not to bother me. And if you need me, my mom and I will come on Saturday. So same thing, setting the rules and boundaries and making a date uh, for when it's convenient for you. Because if you don't set those rules and boundaries, they think what they're doing is working. So they just keep doing more of it. So yeah. you, you, you have to be pretty clear about what works for you. And the same as changing what they look like like if you have a guide coming in that kind of it creeps you out in some way like how they're presenting you can tell them switch it up this <laughs> <laughs> is not working for me yeah I mean, you just have to figure out what's work. you know yeah people, 
some like people you I've worked with, you know, they get very upset that they're they can't tell what their guide looks like. I'm like, as long as you can feel who they are, they it's don't it. have to give you their names. That it doesn't matter. As it long really as you know doesn't. Them and they how they feel, you're fine. But yeah, you yeah. can. <laughs> I tell people think about when if you if not everybody is a meat eater, so I'm not not trying to offend anybody. But if you you are a meat eater and you have your turkey coma on the couch, but you recognize which kid or which family member is walking into the space while you have your pants undone in your turkey coma on the couch. <laughs> you know the energy of that person just because you're connected to them. So you will eventually learn all those different vibrations of who yeah. these different people are. And, and the more that you practice and it's a practice and it's a journey. So the more that muscle builds, the more you don't care. Like I, I tell people my least favorite question to get asked in a session is what's my spirit guides name. I'm like, how would you even know if I was lying? So I tell, <laughs> I'm very open about it. I tell everybody their spirit guides name is Bob. So when I started the, <laughs> the connecting with your guides course, that's what I called it. Who's your Bob. Who's your Bob? <laughs> <laughs> That's something that people ask all the time. You know, you got to Yeah. They always ask, what's my guide's name or what do they look like? Or who is my guide? And it's like, you kind of go, go, I can give you the tools to go figure that out yourself. Exactly. <laughs> and and uh, um, don't give your power away to somebody else. Don't give your power away to somebody else to tell you who your team is. Ask for the tools so you can lean in and feel more empowered in making that connection, right? So, yeah. you know, I I always worry, like, oh, you just asked me to tell you all of that. Where else do you give your power away? <laughs> That's <laughs> where my head goes. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's, just, it's so not good. Um, uh, Christmas traditions. Do you have any traditions that you've carried forward um, as a kid? Ones that you have evolved, shifted, changed. I just had Jeff Belanger on and we, we had that conversation about uh, Christmas traditions. You know, really, no. I've always been able to make Christmas very much mine. And the reason being is like both of my parents were very easygoing in that aspect um, even with Thanksgiving, my dad was a hunter. So we never knew when Thanksgiving dinner was going to be. We just made it and ate it, me and my mom, whatever we felt like it, you know, or whoever popped in. So Christmas was always, you know, there's standard things like you fix for dinner and things like that, or things that people want you to fix for dinner, but there's nothing. I will say, I actually kind of enjoy that. I have nothing that's like set in stone that has to be for Christmas. Christmas, mm -hmm. I just kind of like to be whatever, whatever brings, brings. Forbidden history, grisly ghosts, monstrous cryptids, and harrowing folklore dominate Japan's history and culture. Mysterious Japan is a bi-weekly podcast presenting these spine-chilling horror stories, urban legends, and unbelievable histories in a campfire story format. Many of these tales have never been presented in English before. Our journey takes place where dark history and supernatural folklore collide. Mysterious Japan is produced, written, and translated by recognized Japan expert Dr. Heath Having. Season 1 relates the unbelievable legends and ghost stories from the so-called suicide forest. Listen to Mysterious Japan for free on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at our website at themysteriousjapan.com and be transported by unbelievable stories where the lines between reality and folklore become blurred in the shadowlands of Japan.
Once again, that's themysteriousjapan.com. That's fun. I I think, um, I don't know if I really, I had a lot of set traditions when my children were small. And there are certain things that I still do um, and other ones that we've kind of let go. And now that um, I have a granddaughter, she's three. And oh, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So she calls me Queenie. <laughs> That's, I like that. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of fun. Everybody needs to adopt it. Everybody needs to be a queenie. So <laughs> she she calls me queenie. And um, so some of those things like putting out reindeer food and, you know, those things we get to to start, start again as far as those traditions. And I think the only one that was super meaningful that I try to, to continue was I used to read to my kids all the time. Like uh, they would all come up on my bed as a single parent forever. So they would all come up on my bed and I was reading um, the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. So the Chronicles of Narnia and it was around Christmas time. And it was, we were at that point where they were um, the uh, white witch uh, gives uh, oh gosh, I'm having my brain fog, but, um, Turkish delight. She gives him the Turkish delight to the uh -huh. sweets to, to, to win him over. And my kids didn't know what it was. So there's this place here, uh, where I live that makes uh Turkish delight and candies and they import ingredients from England because Ooh. yes. And so I started buying them Turkish delight, um, every year for Christmas. And so, I mean, they were little when we were doing that and my oldest is 30 now. So yeah, I was I was just, the only thing that we ever did, we always went riding around looking at Christmas lights. I grew mm -hmm. up way out in the country. So how I did too. we're very like separated from each other. Yeah. So we would go into town and go ride around and looking at houses decorated and things like yeah. that. We did do that every year. That's how, that's how I grew up too. I like in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so fun. Like, snowmobiles to get you out of like if you're stuck in the snow for three days because there's no power and the roads aren't cleared nowhere See, we didn't we don't have to have that because we only get a couple of good snows every couple mm -hmm. of years we get the really good ones but right. i can remember <laughs> my dad like it'd be like six o'clock he's like you want to go ride out and see if you're going to school tomorrow <laughs> We go ride around in his truck and see how bad the roads were to see if I had to go to school the next day. <laughs> That's fun. Well, we would know. And I was talking about this with my son too. Like we used, I've lost the bravery that I had of being like a Northern Ontario girl now that I'm in Southern Ontario. Cause I've been in Southern Ontario for 22, 23 years now. And I'm not as brave of a driver in winter anymore. Like I, I, I've lost that nerve because before we would just drive in whatever. You right. Know? Right. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> Cheryl's just saying, I love looking at Christmas lights. Did that last night with my 87. And, but this is part of it. We, we seek the light when it's darker. We yep. seek the light when it's dark. And that's why the Christmas lights bring everybody joy. You know, they do so much. So Kim, Kim has actually decided she's leaving her tree up all year. <laughs> So that, and just decorate it for season. So she has the lights. So that's the tree that's behind me. I leave it up all the time too. <laughs> There'll be Valentine hearts on it soon. I do all that kind of stuff. I'm just going to move this person. So just give me oh, one yes. second. Oh, 
Oh, that's fun. We'll do this quick. Oh, that's not what I wanted to do. This is what we want to do. <laughs> Sorry, there. Um, I don't know why I keep doing that, but the Christmas lights, I had a hard time getting, um, I was so busy this year. It took me forever to get stuff going, <laughs> to get the lights up in that. <laughs> Donna Jean saying, Caroline, unfortunately, I think as we get older and closer to death ourselves, I think we're a little less inclined to risk our lives on crappy roads. Yeah. As a kid, though, when you're going to your Christmas concert and you're all dressed up and you, you got your snowsuit over it, you're still excited about going to. Yeah. Like, going well, I, mean, to do it. I think about all the things that I was not scared of as a child, like standing literally on top of monkey bars, not scared. <laughs> and now heights, I'm like, mm, mm. I break something. And, and like the beach, like we, I can remember going swimming in the ocean up to my neck and not caring. And now I'm like, what's beneath me? What's in there? I'm not going. There might be a shark. It might bite me. <laughs> and here I did it all the time as a kid. So are there, have you been in any positions on an investigation where you get scared? Actually, no, I have not had any that's that scared me. I've yeah. had a bunch of WTF moments, <laughs> was that, but not nothing that's really scared me. So, with the WTF moments where you have that shock moment first, do you does it fall back into laughter after? Like, does it that fear <laughs> move into laughter? Sometimes more happens. like, what was that? You know, it, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I don't know why I don't have that fear. I don't know. One, it's because I trust my team. Like I know that yeah, that's we're all in it together. I, I trust that if I get off in any way, they're going to pull me out. Like I don't have that fear. Um, So there's that trust that I have with that. So I don't know if that's what makes me not scared, but nothing, nothing scares me. No, I've been growled yeah. at and scratched. That, it might happen, but. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think when you trust your abilities and the people that you're with as well, too, those yeah. those things are important. I'm very scared of um, steps with no risers, like those metal graded steps that you can see through. Yeah, like bleachers. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I have like cold sweaty hands thinking about it. This is awful. Yeah. No, no, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I think it has a lot with trusting your guides that they're not going to let you go in a situation or they would warn you to get out of a situation. And yeah. then the fact that my paranormal team, I, I trust with everything I've got. They're they're going to make sure we're all okay. Um, Jennifer Harris Melton is just saying, I was fearless as a kid. Now I don't do heights at all. Can't even stand on a footstool. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I understand. I have a so, that has a handle now. Like there's you? A, it has a little handle to make sure you don't fall. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm not even all that tall. So the fall's not like far. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It still hurts. <laughs> I don't want to do it. Right. Okay. I, ha I asked you, I did a wee bit of prep with you about yeah. doing um, 
just to do a parent, it's not even a game really. It's just fun and silliness because okay. we're getting close to Christmas and I just wanted to keep it as light as possible. So I'm going to ask you, we're going to do a Mad Lib. Have you done any of those before? Did not you do them as a kid? Term. I did as a kid. Yes. So we're going to do one as adults. <laughs> Cause I think that's part of the Christmas or the holiday spirit as well too. And I think that we need more of that as adults, bringing back those things that brought us joy as a kid. And even with those paranormal investigations, there is like an adrenaline rush that happens that we don't get on our daily lives. Then, and yeah. you know, it just hooks you and you, and, and you go, especially if you're not, you know, finding joy in other ways as an adult, um, this, this does give us joy creeps exactly. out in, in all the exactly. good ways too but and it's fun i mean i think what people forget is like paranormal investigations you're not busy all the time so that's when oh, like, no, they have no clue. moments and conversations come about where you're sitting there waiting <laughs> for something to happen <laughs> i talk about this all the time i am the snack queen i am <laughs> all about the snacks i am planning snacks before we go i make like <laughs> I I like what's your favorite snack? Like I make sure and fun <laughs> snacks. I just recently found um and you know it's never like things like protein bars or anything <laughs> like that. They <laughs> yes, fourth meal for sure. That's what he calls it. Like he's like, it's about time for fourth meal, and that's about 12 1 in the morning when it's time yes. for a good snack. <laughs> yes. I found it. Uh, so I found, I discovered Reese peanut butter cups, those king size ones with caramel inside it. Ooh. <gasps> I found Lord. some of the big king size ones that have potato chips chopped up in it. So if you like your salt and your sweet, yes. They're really good. Yes. Michelle is just sharing. I'm not athletic enough to be an adrenaline junkie. That's why I think I'd like to try up her <laughs> investigating. It should be just right for me. Yes. Okay. So here we go. This is what we're going to do. Are you okay. ready? Yep. Reese peanut ready. butter cups are a must for yep, sure. I agree. They are. Okay. I need you to give me the name of a haunted location. Bellgrove Plantation. Palgrove? Bellgrove. Bellgrove. Yep. Where's that? It's in Virginia. I'm going to look it up. Because I don't know it. So <laughs> I'm going to learn some, all Send you some scoop on it. Okay. A cryptid. Give me the name of Bigfoot. a cryptid. A type of Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Okay. Um, an article of clothing. A shirt. Um, a paranormal personality. Somebody, you know, that people might know. Somebody, that, somebody might know. Let's do John Zaffis. That's so funny. All day I was thinking him in my head. I was really <laughs> hoping you were going to pick him. I was mentally Vulcan mind melding with you all day. <laughs> Okay, another cryptid. Another cryptid. Um, Mothman. A type of candy. Reese cups. <laughs> A P 
piece of furniture? A sofa. A type of vehicle? A Jeep. You've got an awesome Jeep, don't you? I have a couple. I have two. You have two? Yeah. I have a more luxury one, and then I have my Wrangler. Yeah. That's fun. You know, I have a PT Cruiser. Everyone tells oh, cool. me it looks like a hearse. <laughs> <laughs> Mini hearses. I'm all right with that. I would love a hearse, actually. Um, an animal. A dog. Thanks for being patient. Hang on. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Here's where I need that list. Okay. So I need um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight okay. of those paranormal peeps. All right. You ready? Yes, ma'am. MJ Dixon. MJ? Mm -hmm. Cindy Kaza. Brian Kano, Jeff Belanger, Amy Allen. Okay. All right. And Dave Schrader. We, uh, we are. Thank you for asking, Ward. We are, uh, you just got to hang on tight just a couple more minutes. And then <laughs> I'm going to put all of these into something and read it out to you. She's giving me, um, we're going to do a Mad Lib. So we're going to do like a paranormal Christmas Mad Lib <laughs> mashup. I need to, actually two more. Two we more? can put John Sullivan in here. I'm we can say, put, put, Howie John in. put John Sullivan and put <laughs> Howie in there. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, wait, this is your interview, not mine. <laughs> yeah, no, we're all in this together. I need a piece of um, a type of paranormal investigative equipment. Dousing rods. Do you use them? Yep. Do you love them? I do love dousing rods. I do too. They help me find my glasses when I'm having a brain fog moment. Really? <laughs> yes. No joke. I've used my pendulum to try to find things before. I think like, the pendulum. What the house is it? <laughs> I think that with my pendulum, I uh, I don't trust it as much. I don't trust. Like, I understand how to use it, um, understand what can influence it, but I trust my dowsing rods, so I lean into it a little bit easier. We've started using the pendulum on a stand so that it's not our energy. Oh, that's it. perfect. Because depending on where, um, how close you hold it to your body, how far away, and, and people don't realize that our body is like a battery. So we have a positive side and a negative side. So you need to make sure you're doing it in a neutral place. Like it gets yep. all mixed up easily. So I promise folks we're, we're almost there. I need you to give me um, a soft food. 
Like a mushy food or a soft food? Mashed potatoes. So that's comfort food for me. Mashed potatoes. Me too. <laughs> Big sod of gravy on it, and I'm content. And I could have that as a meal. <laughs> right? We had um, poutine for dinner, so, but it was like shawarma poutine. So we had like chicken shawarma on it. <laughs> Ooh, I love chicken shawarma. Yeah. So it was like chicken shawarma on the top and then fries and gravy and cheese curds underneath. Nice. <laughs> That's a food right there. I That's don't even know why I, I get it. And it's this huge package and I eat less than a third of it. <laughs> That's about as much as I can handle is, is about a third. And then I wake up and then my 18 year old has ate it through the night. <laughs> He's finished it through the night. I need a body part, please. Nose. Okay. <laughs> this sounds like it's gonna be very interesting. <laughs> okay, let me come back to you. Okay. Okay, folks, are y'all ready? I'm going to read you a story. <laughs> Get all comfy. Get your blankets and your pillows. Your <laughs> popcorn and snackies. Oh, that's fun, Leslie, that you're picking up on nose. Okay, here we go. Twas the night before Christmas. <laughs> when all through the Belgrove Plantation, not a creature was stirring, not even a Bigfoot. <laughs> the shirts were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that John Zaffis soon would be there. <laughs> the Mothmen were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of Reese cups danced in their heads. And Mama and her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my sofa to see what was the matter. That's actually like a true fact for me. <laughs> <laughs> me and the dogs on the sofa. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new fallen snow gave a luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wondering eyes did appear but a miniature jeep and eight tiny dogs. <laughs> With a little, I know, more dogs, the better. Um, with a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment he must be John Zaffis. More rapid than eagles, his coursers, they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. <laughs> now I get it. <laughs> Do you want to read your names? No, you go ahead. You go okay. Ahead. Now M.J. Dixon, now Cindy Kaza, now Brian Cano and Jeff Belanger, on Amy Allen, Dave Schrader, on John Sullivan and How Howie O'Dell, to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As the leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop, the courses they flew with the jeep with the jeep full of dowsing rods and John's office too. <laughs> and then in a twinkling, I heard on the roof, the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. And as I drew in my head and was turning around down the chimney, John Zaffis came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, which kind of is fun that you picked John Zaffis as he just put that Santa out this week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of dowsing rods he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and his beard on his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held in his teeth, and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of mashed potatoes. <laughs> he was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the shirts, then turned with a jerk, laying his nose aside of his nose. And giving a nod up the chimney, he rose. He sprang to his jeep, to his team, gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. <laughs> That's funny. Yes, just, it was fro about fun. <laughs> I just wanted to be fun. And it was, it was fun putting it together, too, right? Like, yeah. we can do so many different things, but I think we forget to have sometimes you know just that silly fun right yep <laughs> i keep trying to coax my kids into doing um like the minute to win it games have you seen it have yeah, you seen yeah, all yeah. those yep. i just think yep. that would be fun but they don't so we end up doing what did we do last year those like haunted um like you have to solve the murders you okay. get like those monthly boxes and they give you a clue each, each month. So you oh. have to put all the clues together to figure out uh, who, who killed the person. But was well, that like a box, that, like a mailbox, like they mail it to you? Yes. Ooh, never heard of that. Okay. So when I, when I remember, because you know, 50 brain fog, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, we did and we did one again we did thanksgiving and then we did it at christmas and they're, they're a lot of fun because you can buy sets that are uh completed so you can buy the whole set at one time or buy the, the little mini sets for sure very cool mm -hmm. haunted right like haunting christmas is a great time for ghost stories and, and all that kind of stuff i agree um do you have a good do you have a christmas ghost story no i don't have a christmas ghost story Okay. Do you? Mm. I, I read, I read like gross stories. I read a lot during the Christmas holiday and I don't know why, but it's kind of like once Christmas happens and that little lull, I pull out all the books I wanted to read and I start reading. Because <laughs> it's dark out and it's the, the long winter season and you yeah. snuggle in like it, it really is about reading. I have, um, yeah, my stack, I always have a stack of books. So I probably have like 12 on the, mm -hmm. on, on the shelf. Probably have and more than that. We won't talk about that. Though. More on the Kindle. <laughs> There's just a lot. We won't talk about the, how I don't need to buy another book for like two years. <laughs> because there's That's not right. true. <laughs> this is right. Because books are need to be bought. Yes. And I like my Kindle, but I still like paper books too. I, I do and I don't. I think that... Um, I'm making myself sound so old and I'm, I'm really not, but I do have arthritis in my, in my hand. So I find depending on the size of the book, like um, I had Rebecca uh, Pittman on a, a few weeks ago. She, she just uh, finished a book or she, she didn't just finish a book. Uh, she published a book about um, 
Oh my gosh. Now, honestly, <laughs> listen to Lizzie Borden. Lizzie Borden? Okay. Yes. And it is, Ooh. it is, uh, it's fabulous. Like I can't, I can't put it down, but it is the size of a doorstop. It is thick, 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 thick. And Ooh, I have I'm been not, reading on the As Kindle. I said, I'm not going to buy any books. I might order that one. It's brilliant. <laughs> and she also has a Lizzie Borden game. Lizzie Borden game? Now uh, that would be fun. Yes. To investigation to kill time. We could play the Lizzie Borden game. Yes. Look into it. Because she doesn't ship to Canada yet, but I need to find a way. I talked, I tried to talk her into finding a way for me to have the Lizzie Borden game. <clears throat> But yes, so I don't, I like the smell. Uh, I miss the smell of the pages when I'm on the Kindle. Like, yeah, I like my Kindle when I travel and I haven't had to travel for work as much as I used to, because once COVID happened, we, I used to travel like once or twice a month for work. So I always like to have my Kindle because then I don't have as much to carry. Um, yeah. But when I'm home, I don't mind having the paper books, but I was even then I'd have my Kindle full of books. And as I'm going through the airport, because, you know, there's like a bookstore on every. <laughs> so here yeah. I am taking pictures of other books I want to buy. <laughs> so I don't have to remember the names. That's how I am, That's how I am too. <laughs> I had, um, I, <laughs> I stepped into it. So we're just going to keep rolling with it. I had a, a first date that was just a date. Um, and that's where I asked, uh, to connect with that person was, was at a bookstore. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Go choose a book. I'm going to choose a book and then we'll grab a coffee and we'll, we'll sit. That's a cool idea. Talk about it. Yeah. Books are fabulous. Yep. Books are fabulous. I found a couple of creepy ghost stories, like Christmas ghost stories. If you want to hear them. I do. I do. I didn't really have any creepy ghost stories either, but I mean, as, as a kid, I was more scared of the Christmas movies than I was of like the Halloween scary movies. Because the Halloween scary movies, I knew that there was, I could laugh at them. Right. Like, because I could put myself into, they must have had a lot of fun putting those scenes together. Like, I would have laughed my butt off when we were done those sort of like horror movie scenes. But the Christmas movies like it's a wonderful life or it's a christmas carol those ones were like maybe they're i'm a bad person am i gonna <laughs> they're kind of dark yeah do i get to go to heaven am i gonna be haunted are people really watching me which i mean yeah i mean you do have spirits watching oh yeah it's black christmas for sure have you seen that no it's a horror movie. Write me write that one down too. <laughs> it's an older one too. But no, like they are. They, I mean, I always there's some dark Christmas movies. There are some that aren't, but there really are. Like the, I guess the, the older ones can be quite not all jolly and merry. That's for sure. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Yeah, I'm I'm a horror movie fan too. I don't know if you guys follow me on social media at all today. I posted this little meme of <laughs> Hannibal Lecter behind um, Clarice the the doe from <laughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. 
Hello, Clarice. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I am a, I love war movies. Me too. Do you have a favorite? Oh gosh, no. I, I like, you know what? I think one of my favorite ones, and it's old. It was like one of the ones I remember watching as a teenager with some of my friends because it was scary, but then it, it got, it was funny at the end when you realize what was going on. It was called April Fool's Day. Oh, I haven't seen that. It was really good. It was really good. It's probably very cheesy now if you would watch it in its 80s attire, but. Oh, no, that's awesome. <laughs> I, that's I awesome. It. I mean, I love the Conjuring movies and all of that. I love it. I'm just going to. I'm just going to share this word. It's just saying, do you want to read it? I wrote one time about candles. I was reading a story in the dark. I lay down on down my box of matches when I heard the silent cry of the skin of a wooden stick that scratches. I could feel the heat sitting on its wick, ready to make its way through the candle. And it was just at the tip of the wire where I could see a tear dripping into the fire. Ooh. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, you know what I find? I I actually didn't find any Christmas uh, ghost like stories for Canada. <laughs> like, right? I don't know, there's just I don't know if we're just because we're a baby country, so we have less going on <laughs> or I just was it digging in the right reddit threads I don't I don't know <laughs> but there's like so many more in the UK if you're looking right yeah so many more in the UK I just gonna do another quick shout out so if you are just joining us here you are listening to spirit switchboard I'm your host Carolyn Shellhorn and you are listening to us live on the United Public Radio Network and the UFO Paranormal Radio Network 105.3 and 107.7 out of New Orleans. Um, and I'm just chatting with my friend and colleague, Rhonda Doughty. Um, so yeah, the ones that I found, you know what it was? Oh, the ghostly beggar children. I mean, right there just sounds ghostly not nice. Beggar children. Ghostly beggar children. I mean, anything children related, spirit related, ghosty children, all of that's pretty creepy to begin with. <laughs> Yes, yes. It's just creepy. And that's what, that was always the part that got me in A Christmas Carol, like the original movie when the ghost of Christmas present opened up, like the, he had that big burly beard and then he'd open up his coat and all those children were inside. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. creepy. Yep. I would be crying and underneath the blanket every time. So the ghostly beggar children of Bramber Sussex. So, in the UK, Bramber Castle in West Sussex was for centuries owned by the powerful De Brose family, the Lords of Bramber. In the early 13th century, William the Fourth Lord of Bramber fell out with King John. Big mistake. John pursued William across England, Ireland, and Wales, seizing his lands and capturing his family. One version of the events has it that William's children were held hostages by the king and were eventually starved to death in Windsor Castle. Could you imagine starving children? That's horrible. That's horrible. 
According to the legend, the ghosts of the children are reputed to stalk the roads of the village of Bramber on dark nights, dressed in rags and chasing and accosting passerbys for food. Why do they not? I mean, people leave food out for Bigfoot. This is true. You know, if you know that they're haunting for food, can you not just leave something out and bypass the haunting part and just go, hey, I'm sorry, that was awful. Here's some. Here's a cheeseburger and fries. (laughs) (laughs) Village tradition. Oh, wait. Yeah. No. Village tradition has it that at Christmas time, the ghosts of the children, a boy and a girl can be seen mournfully watching over the ruins of their former home, Bramber Castle. That's very sad. I can't imagine. No. I don't I don't want to run into go I just um my hackles go up when anything is like a child spirit to begin with because you just kind of figure it's not really a child. <laughs> yeah, but I my friend and I um I started this last year. So uh my dear friend Jody, uh her and I do a lot of investigations, just the two of us. And I decided last summer I wanted to do this thing called the Pioneer um Pioneer Pioneer Cemetery Crawl. It was easy for us. We were just gonna find all these pioneer cemeteries and we were just going to, you know, do these investigations. At these so by pioneer cemeteries, it like the from the pioneers, like the original yep. settlers. So those old, old cemeteries. I'm just trying yep. to bring this up for myself. Okay. Yep. Those old cemeteries. So we've had a couple of really crazy um, experiences. So we decided we were going to keep that going. So it's a, it's an ongoing thing. And um, we were at one uh, this summer. And <laughs> when we got to it, I'm like, oh, Jody, I there's a, a little girl up in that corner waving at us. And she's like, legit a little girl <laughs> she's, not, she's not got a voice that's changing she's not got like you know it doesn't smell like sulfur <laughs> we're good it's it's legit a little girl but that that little girl we caught her um she came right up to jody and jody's like my hand is freezing cold i think she it feels like she's holding my hand i can feel fingers and we had this whole experience and and evp session with this uh, little girl from uh in the cemetery and i mean from what i could into it and the way that we were framing the questions she had fallen out of like a loft in a barn oh wow so there was yeah, I, I don't know why she wasn't crossed over or, or what was happening that way, but she she it was definitely a, a barn farm related accident anyway. Now for these kind of cemeteries, are you able to look up any history on them at all, or is it they? Just- yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so for some of them, for sure we can. I think that uh, that's something that I need to do more of. I I'm horrible for that part doing the back research. If somebody else wanted to volunteer their time to do that, I'm like, <laughs> I'm doing good just getting the, booked onto the calendar and making the time to go do those things too, right? With everything else, but um, yeah. Talk about a good book that could make though with all of what you're seeing and all of those. That'd be really cool we we have a couple of um cemeteries that i don't it's i don't even want to bring people there because we've brought people there and you legit feel sick like they make you feel sick so that you do that you leave and uh we the last time we went we brought whiskey we thought well let's let's offer them up (laughs) 
<laughs> a drink and see if he'll hang out with us for a wee bit and see if he'll be nicer to us. But he like swears at us and everything. He's he's not a, a friendly dude that is taking over that that cemetery for sure. Not right. liking it. <laughs> Um, I'm just going to bring this up. Yeah. So the, um, so it's, uh, Shane and Tammy Johnings. Uh, we've had a few members of the family pass on Christmas or just before and after any reason why deaths happen in clusters like that and around the holidays. I ha I have some thoughts. Do you, Want to share your I, you know, thoughts? I don't have any. I would like to hear your thoughts on it because it is something I notice. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, do I just notice it more because it's the holidays? But it always does seem like there are deaths and tragedies like right before major holidays. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, unfortunately, that kind of embeds in the mind of the person who experienced the loss. Right. Like mm -hmm. those holidays aren't always the same. So what do you what do you think about that? I'm curious. I mean, I can I can only share from my experience and from my observations, right, from sessions that I've had or uh, conversations with clients. So just an observation um, that uh, it's a it's a way of honoring uh, honoring them and remembering them as well too. It's not meant to um, uh, put you in uh, a low mental space or to take away from that holiday, but, you know, they want you to, um, it's high energetic time. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, a way for you to, to remember and honor them when everybody's already going to be together, you know, like everybody's coming together so you can share stories about them, reminisce about them, uh, and it's that that coming together and to lift you up and they pull in in those time periods like when everybody is pulling together you are raising that vibrational level where it's easier for them to pop in um, so that's why you would you, you might have those aha moments those memories that just pop in out of nowhere uh, like when you're at the grocery store buying food mm -hmm. for everybody mm -hmm. and and that's them letting you know that they're around well you know what I'm going to share a story if you don't mind, because that, yeah, please do. that brings something to, to my forefront. Um, when my father passed, he'd been in hospice probably a good five, almost six months before he passed. But I was with him one weekend and he said, well, it's Mother's Day. And I was like, it's next Sunday. He said, are you sure about that? I said, I'm sure. And it, to the point he, we actually asked the aide at the hospice space to go get the calendar. He's like, Kathy, which is my sister, your sister will be in town that weekend. I said, yeah, I'm sure she will come see her mom. She's my half sister. I'm sure she'll come in for her mom. She said, he said, yes, she'll be here that weekend. Don't you know he passed away the Saturday before Mother's Day? Uh... And I was like, isn't that interesting? It's almost like he knew and he was trying not to cause trouble because she would already be here. And she would be coming from out of state. So. so I I think on some level they know whether they're consciously aware or not. And I think that uh, I, I, I'm going to rephrase that. I feel. I'm going to say I feel instead of I think. So I feel that um, the loved ones that are already in spirit also 
you know, come in closer. Uh, so they feel that connection. They know what's going to be, you know, yeah. they have a better sense that something's going on when they're, they're tapping in that way. Oh, good. I'm glad that I answered your question. I'm just going to, Megan, I'm just going to pull this back up. Your response is appreciated. Thank you. About your last conversation, my family and I have gone to old cemeteries. We speak and record. My sister got spooked once. We listened later on and heard voices. She deleted it for fear of keeping the recordings. Is that a legitimate concern? Um, so I personally don't feel it is. I think that if you feed the fear, it can be. Yes. I was just thinking if you if, if you feed the fear, because that wouldn't. You know, it's it's just a recording. I, if you, yeah, there's a lot with that feeding the fear. Oh, there's so much. And honestly, if you heard the voices, you know, where the voice is just residual, so it's not really something that it's an attachment. Was it in, in an intelligent response? Um, any of those sorts of. There was an investigation last weekend, and that you know, Howie was talking on our show last Sunday about it. And he mentioned, you know, somebody got scratched. And that was my first question. I said, was somebody feeding the fear? Mm -hmm. Was somebody doing that? Because it's, it's important to know whether that was going on or not. And he said, no, with that particular, for that particular instance, no. But it's a big question you have to ask when you're doing a paranormal investigations when things are occurring. So you can manifest a lot. <laughs> yes, you can. And and pull that in. And I'm I'm always encouraging people. I mean, we all have moments. We all have moments when we're we can be hangry, so we're tired and hungry, or you know, we just we, ha we haven't slept proper, so we we can have those moments. But it's shifting out of it quick and getting into the habit. So you have that low moment, and I I always encourage like clear, cancel, and delete that. And thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to click cancel and delete that. And thank you very much. So you, you need to, you know, get into those habits of shifting. It's still being okay that we're going to have a low moment and that's normal and human. But the more that you learn to step out of it, the less moments you have yes. in, in that as well too. And I mean, scratches can be, have you ever been scratched by something? I've, not, I've been touched, but not scratched. Mm. So I've been scratched and scratched only once. And it was a doozy for sure. It was a doozy. And uh, I remember calling uh, my friend right after. And I mean, the lead up was that there was definitely some sort of attachment in my oldest son's room at the time. He was like 16, 17. And it was, it was creating a lot of havoc. And I was just sort of like coming out of the closet and letting everybody know that this is, you know, what, what I'm doing. And uh, I went to go in his room to clear that energy out. And there was definitely like a, a doorway that was open that needed to be moved off the property. So, you know, moving that out. But when I went into the room to clear it out, um, there was this creature thing that I don't have a name for. don't know what it was. Growled audibly outside ear could hear it growling and then it felt like burning down my arms from my wrist to my elbow so this this I stepped out and these three welts came up and I called my friend and I said you are crazy if you think I'm going to do this for like in public for people and I'm going to do sessions and there is no way I am stepping into doing this and she said did you ask your divine team to be with you and protect you before you stepped in to do that or did you go in thinking that you were the one doing it because you're just being of service and it's moving through you. You're not the one doing it. And I was like, 
man. Yeah. Let me go back in there. So then I did it, you know, the way that I need. And I only needed that one experience to know, you know, that to have it driven home that, you know, it's a team, it's an energetic team, whether I'm aware or not, and I'm being of service and it's not me doing it, but it's going through me. And so um, I've never had, I like, I've just never been scared either. I mean, if something growls, I tend to go towards it, not away from it, Right. but I've never had anything scratch me. So, you know, that would be my next question as well too, for the person that got scratched, was it something that they were needing to learn about themselves and their journey intuitively to help them move forward and grow better? Um, uh, Moving forward. That's a really good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all of those experiences, right? Like what we can take from it to to approach the next ones differently and not let fear stop us. Yeah, yeah. From moving into it. Because that the, the one spirit for sure at that cemetery, he sure tries to get big and nasty to keep everybody out of his space. And I'm like, you match your match with me. <laughs> they just want to keep you out of their space or... Some of them are, I feel like some spirits are just pissed off, ticked off because they haven't had anybody they can tell their story to. They're just mad because they they can't. I would say that this spirit, this spirit definitely prevents other spirits from talking though. Like he's definitely a bully spirit. That's a collector, a collector. That's what we've got one like that at Belgrove. He's, um, he was a caretaker on the plantation and he's out what we call in what would have been near his home where the caretaker would stay. And he, we do get responses on EVPs like that. He won't let them talk. Um, and he, he has a tendency to get crude and rude and yeah, this guy too. But you know, at first he kind of worried me, but now, now it's just kind of like, I still worry about him, but I feel like he's a lot of bark. So he's not made you feel sick. This guy can make he has made me feel he's made yeah. all of us feel sick. We actually there was actually a renovation project going on that that particular building one summer. And we were at one point, I was like, I am just I've got a headache. I'm not feeling good. For a long time I wouldn't go in his place. But once they painted it and cleaned it up some, it got right. a little bit better. But he's still there. He's still just ornery and he's just an ornery old man. That's what I think. That's how I approach it too. He cusses at us quite often. It's not funny, eh? Even that. I have a Scottish background. I can cuss good. (laughs) Me too. I have to put it back. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Me too. There's a comfort level that you get in, and then you have to remind yourself to pull your pull pull out of pull out of that. And this show has been great. Just don't express your opinion quite as well. Well, there's power that comes, uh, like it's moving energy when it's like it's been building up. Oh, it comes out. You just like, oh, that felt good. <laughs> but even with the swearing, I, I still like when we're talking about shifting energy and holding energetic space and, and understanding that we're, we're contributing to the collective consciousness, whether it's positive or negative and taking accountability and responsibility with all of that. So, you know, if I get frustrated when I'm driving and I'm like, Oh, I I forgive you for being a blankety blank. <laughs> I forgive myself for calling you a blankety blank. <laughs> I was like, we're just hoping karma clear in that. So like, <laughs> and then hoping that that it all balances out. 
Oh, so funny. I hope that we help. I've done that. I'll, I'll do it. And I'm like, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sure you're a very nice person, but <laughs> your driving is really making me angry today. <laughs> and we really don't know what their story is because everybody's got something going on, right? Yeah, that we, we are un, that we are unaware of. So that's true. I mean, but there's this funny, um, I don't know how to phrase this. Uh, the more consciously aware you become and understand uh, that you are taking personal accountability, the less you enjoy being around other people who don't understand how to take accountability. Like you like people less. Yes. Love, <laughs> love people. Right. Right. And you still have. Yes. Yes. I'm probably phrasing that wrong, but anyway. No, but I get what you're saying. I mean, a lot of the prob time, the problem is people. Mm -hmm. Just not being good people or mm -hmm. nice people or, or, or not being the center of their own universe. I, 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 again, I so, I am such a Pollyanna trying to like, I always flip it back around. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to practice speaking my truth. Thank you for giving me the opportunity for walking away from things like, that are good. Thank you for giving yes. me the opportunity for practicing healthy boundaries and seeing like that aspect of it. So I don't get caught up in the frustration or anger yeah. or resentment, right? Because that yep. just doesn't do anything good for us. Nancy's just sharing. Agree, my circle is smaller than it used to be, but probably more authentic. So right, I think, and I've been speaking about this. I think I know authentically who my circle is, and I'm a very cautious about who comes in it. But I mean, I still think everybody gets categories now. You can categorize for me now. You're either part of my inner circle tribe. Um, not that people don't come and go. You meet people that you immediately feel a connection with. They come, but then there's acquaintances and business acquaintances and people mm -hmm. that, well, I may like you and speak with you. And I don't necessarily want you in my inner circle, but we can work together or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I'm finding I compartmentalize a lot more now. Yeah. And it, it really has to do with where we feel um, safe to be vulnerable as well too. Right. Yeah. Like, and yes. <laughs> that's a yeah. lesson that's come up for me recently is like, you know, I went many years without being very vulnerable. And now that I am, I'm also being cautioned, like pull it back a little bit because not everybody should know everything, you know? So I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And that the, the, um, the respect is there in the give and take and the sharing of energies as well yes. too. Right? And uh, re respecting and appreciating the energies that are shared back and forth. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> It's taken, you know, it's funny because I, I, because we were such an intuitive household, you know, uh, my kids having experiences when they were young and me supporting them and, and then moving as adults, the, the language that we use. So, you know, my daughter said, I don't know if it was helpful or hurtful. She said, but I, cause I want to like bang my head against the wall most days when I'm like having to be involved with customer service with people in any way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I get overwhelmed with people after a certain amount of time. And then I just need to go in introvert for a little while and then I can come back out. <laughs> well, it's sensory overload. Yeah, for sure. 
for it's, sure. It's definitely sensory overload. And I and I I think that's also part of the process, right? Is giving ourselves permission to um respect what we're needing. And I require a lot of downtime and I require a lot of alone time in that downtime in order for me to do everything else that I do. Yes, I would agree with that. They call it, what is it? The, the, the term amiovert, where you're, you're very outgoing and you're actually more up, you're an extrovert, but you require so much to be an introvert, to be able to let that piece of you shine. Yeah. Yeah, because it, you've got to recharge those batteries. I can't stay extroverted all the time. I have to go recharge for a little while. And, yeah. and, do and I'm a Leo. Are you? <laughs> yeah. now, that makes sense because I, I know enough about astrology to be dangerous. Really? <laughs> so I'm not I'm not a guru or like I'm not great at. But what I know is the different side. Like so Leo and Aquarius are on on opposite sides which means like they're very drawn to each other and they work mm -hmm. very similarly. So is that what you are? I'm an Aquarius. Yes. Oh, that's fine. But isn't like the, isn't there like the other like rising moon the or rising like and your moon? Yeah. Your rising sign and your moon sign is all, all interchanged. One is what you're supposed to learn while you're here. One is your true self. And one is what you bring to the table. Like what you came, your innate gifts that you brought to the table. When you came right. into this world, I don't know. I came in at three 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 a.m. Did you? Yeah, <laughs> it's the only numbers that I know. But I like it just comes up, you know, whether energetically, subconsciously, I'm putting that out. But three 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 comes up for me all the time. That's cool. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah, I guess. I guess I keep telling the kids someday I'm gonna walk on water. <laughs> but I, actually, you know, when I was doing hair, because I used to be a hairstylist. So again, Leo. Um, my hair was always like bright red until, you know, um, recently, like in the last couple of years. And then it was like, I just don't have the time of patience. So we're just going to let this, this go the way that it is. <laughs> but I love comic books. I love comic books. I, I just love all comic books. My dogs, um, and pets have all been named after like Batman series. So they're all <laughs> oh, Batman cool. themed, you know, um, but Jean Grey. Uh, she turns into the Phoenix. So she's like part of the X-Men. So I used to tell the kids that I was like going to turn, I was going to like freak out and turn into Phoenix and I was just going <laughs> to implode. <laughs> and then like be able to Vulcan mind meld with everybody on the planet. That was, uh, yeah. Batman too. That's awesome. Contessa. Shane and Tammy Johnnings, fellow Leo here. How does someone figure out their innate purpose for why we're here? You really do. You have to have you there's and there are apps that'll let you figure out what your natal chart is. Um, you have to know your birth date, time, where you were born and things. And you can find some astrologers that'll help you do that. But there are apps you can just plug in the numbers and it'll kind of tell you. I don't really like like I said, I know enough to be dangerous, but I don't know. Remember which if it's your moon or your. I know your rising sign is what you're supposed to learn while you're here. Like what are, what you're supposed to step into and what you're supposed to learn. That's all I know. Yeah. But I think if you, if you look at that, it'll tell you what some of not necessarily your innate purpose, but what gifts you brought to the world or what, what good you brought in, what, what, what's good about you and that what you offer to other people. And isn't the Vedic astrology a little deeper too? It, it, goes a little yes. deeper like that's the one where there's different versions of like i the class i took was shamanic astrology which is very much it's the same thing but you know a lot of times you'll 
I hate to say that astrology can be negative, but they're like, oh, there's that Gemini. Oh, you know, they're like, yeah, oh yeah, of course she's a Gemini. Nice one minute, mean the next, you know. So there, there's a little negativity that sometimes can be put around when you look at just straight astrology. I know shamanic astrology kind of looks more like the purpose, like why you are the way you are and what you're supposed to learn while you're here. They're all good. I think they're all, I, I don't take any of them as gospel. It's more yeah. of that, isn't that interesting? <laughs> That's yes. Isn't that a really sense of wonder, yeah. having a sense of wonder. I, and yeah. I just think we should approach everything, approach the whole day that way with a sense of wonder. Yeah. Like, and, and just be open, you know, open-minded with no attachment to the end outcome and just, you know, being able to roll with it. I think sometimes with astrology too, it'll tell you the things that like you might be good at, like what careers you might be good at. And some of that, when I saw that, I was like, I can see that. I can see that. I wouldn't want to do that, but I can see why they would say that. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know. Um, Muriel is just saying astrology is amazing. Get your full book chart done. It's so great diving into all the parts. It's just interesting. And it's, 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 it's fun. I, my mom is much more into all of those things. So I'm, I'm the recipient of, Hey, I got your birth chart done. Fabulous. Oh, Thank really you. Cool. But of course then, to me, it's all free. Well, like even people talk about Mercury, Mercury retrograde and, you know, you need to get out for that time. But I also look like I think part of it is knowing that it's Mercury's in retrograde and then like you just preparing yourself to handle it. But if it I, anything bad is going to happen, it just means be aware. But if everybody collectively is putting that energy out that it this is uh, it, this is a horrible thing and so we're all contributing that energy that's what we're also you know creating yeah. right so for the most part i can fly through it and not even realize that's what's going on around me yeah um i think well, those weird might happen i'm like oh i get what that could be you know but it's literally i never try to look at yeah. like oh my gosh the next three weeks are gonna be horrible no the back pocket and no i would say like this the Skype app has not been working. So that's all about communication. And that was kind of like, oh, somebody said it's Mercury retrograde. And I'm like, well, I suppose we could blame it on that. Or maybe it's just I've outgrown Skype and we're just going to move on to something else. <laughs> maybe a spirit tell me I don't need Skype anymore. <laughs> I'm going to get it. Time it's for just... an upgrade. <laughs> Time for Google Meet. <laughs> We're going to get on Google Meet. Um, dowsing rods. Can you talk about dowsing rods? Sure. What do you want to, what do you want me to talk about? Uh, do you, so do you take them on investigations? Do you yes. have a favorite investigative tool? Is that one that would be the one? I like using dowsing rods. You know what I like dowsing rods for? I like using dowsing rods um, because sometimes it seems like you can almost always get some sort of communication. What I really love about dowsing rods is if you have a skeptic in your group and, and if you do any public investigations, you've always got the one. Yeah. You put dowsing rods in their hand and they feel the pull and they know they're not moving them. Yeah. You see like these big wide eyes. Yeah. And they're like, oh, oh, <laughs> that's what I, that's what I love about dowsing rods. But I do feel like we get good communication with those. Um, do you think it helps people learn to ask questions differently too? Yes, because they have to be yes and no. Yeah. 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 They do. They do. Um, 
but I, I do love that it kind of can turn a skeptic down here my skin. I like EVPs too. I like spirit boxes. I like it all. I mean, I like it all. There's nothing I really would say I wouldn't be down for trying with with equipment. Um, I'm actually just starting to get a little bit of stuff of my own, you know, as I'm seeing it's, cool things. It's but a rabbit hole. I know. An I know. expensive rabbit hole. It is. It is. It is. Hey, tell my children, here is your inheritance. <laughs> you just never know. I mean, I like flashlights yeah. too, as, as basic as that sounds. But sometimes when you can't get EVPs, you can get flashlight responses. And I think keeping things simple is is nicer anyway. Like going old school is sometimes better than all the gadget gadgetry anyway and and trusting your intuition i think sometimes we get so focused on just the gadget you're you're not allowing yourself to to feel the experience and and trust because that's that's a muscle too right well and i think that's that's where i get great is like either i hear something or i say and you get the response that matches that on a piece of yes or like we go in a location i'm like i think we should put that music box over here i feel like it needs to go over here for whatever reason and then, you know, 10 minutes later, that thing starts going off. You're like, okay, okay. It, it, but also it's very cool when you put two pieces of equipment side by side and they both go off. Yes, that's even better when there's two. Yeah. Contessa's just asking uh, um, what exactly dowsing rods do. Dowsing rods were initially used to find water. And it's my grandpa did township. Water and gold, I think. Maybe copper. So you you know you hold them and they cross when they feel this certain energy. But when you're using them in paranormal investigations, spirit can you the spirits can use their energy to move them and you kind of ask them to show you or or even tell them you know can you cross the rods if you, my question answer is yes and can you open them wide if it's no or you can do the opposite and say show me what your yes response will be. Yeah, um, and you know right. if you and you can do them. Uh, you can create your own with a coat hanger from the dry cleaner. You do not have to spend a whole lot of money. Yep. I mean, doing getting ones that are made or getting the copper tubing so that it spins a little more. So, you know, for sure that you're not influencing it in any way. Like you don't have to spend a lot of money on. No. And even if you are, they're what, maybe ten fifteen dollars on. Yeah. Yeah, they're not they're not expensive. And I would encourage like it's just like any other tool. So the more energy you put into it, the more responses you're going to get back and play with it when you first get it. Ask it questions that, you know, are not truthful. Yes. Is my middle name? Yeah. Yeah. Is my middle name Irene? You know, is, you know, and and go from there, like so that you understand how it's working with you and your energy. And we've used them, you know, like I said, people use them to find water. We've used them to try to find um, burial plots. Oh, we have a cemetery. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, It was uh, uh, the Underground Railroad. So the slaves that came into uh, this one particular place in in Ontario, uh, they had built a church and then the church got knocked down and those uh, grave uh, plots were not uh, maintained. So somebody from the dowsing community went in and doused all of their uh, plots so that they could be respected properly. Yep. (laughs) 
Automatic writing, I mean, Contessa's just people, asking people do ladies. Do it. Do still, a lot of people do automatic writing. Um, I'm I, I've taken a few classes on it. Um, I actually and some you know some of my mentors have they've covered it, and then there's been ones where they've actually covered like an automatic writing class. I think it's an it's a it's it's a muscle you've got to exercise quite a bit, and I think mm -hmm. it you've got to get to the point that you trust that you're doing it. I want to have a tendency to overthink. I have a tendency to let that left brain take control if I'm not careful. Um, so that's why I like to, a lot of times I will use, even if I'm doing readings, I'll be playing with cards or throwing cards. I'm not really reading oh, the cards. Okay. My brain shut off. Um, but automatic writing, I struggled with, I don't know if you do a lot of it, but I struggled with it because I just felt like spirit was supposed to move my hand. Like that's what I thought. Oh. It's really not. It's more like a, yeah. It just channels through whatever comes through. You just write it down. So, so I, mean, I yeah. encourage people to write the word love repeatedly until you feel pulled to shift to a different word. So That's because it pulls you into that higher place, right? It's that high vibrating like word to begin with. Contessa, I'm not sure if you're part of the intuitive mentoring group that I have on Facebook, but I have a whole video there on automatic writing and uh, using pendulums as a, uh, like a dowsing rod, but dowsing, uh, Cheryl, you're asking about dowsing rods. It's D O W S I N G. I automatic write with every session that I do. I've been trying to do it more. Yeah. I've been trying to, um, my last teacher, she kind of gave you some things you could do on your own, kind of like to reach your higher self, like your own higher self to do some automatic writing. So I've been really practicing, the last month or so trying to, you know, I think I can do, I think it's not something I can't do. It's just not something just like when I started all this, like I hated psychometry. I could not hold an item and get a feel off of it for now. Oh, that was my first I got better with it. You know what yeah. I mean? So, I mean, it comes and goes, but that was when I struggled with. So, and I struggled with automatic writing a little to begin with. It's getting better. But I think that's leaning and letting go of how quickly we can do a Google search to find evidence that we were right about something. We have to really surrender and have no attachment to the end outcome and just uh, spill it, spill it out. That's like, what I really liked about doing mediumship with the paranormal investigations, because I think it's so easy to get scared when you're doing a one-on-one -on -one session, like to say sometimes when you're in a parent, you have no choice but to say what I'm getting. Cause I don't yeah. know if it's right or wrong and there's nobody there to validate it, but equipment. Yeah. So <laughs> and it, it got me to the point where I'll just say what I'm getting now because it just is what it yeah. is. <laughs> and I tell people just close your eyes and take a deep breath and let it spill. Because if you're closing your eyes, it's like you're standing there on your on your own. You don't worry about people staring at you or or looking at you or any of those <laughs> yes. things either. Um Contessa, the group is called Carrie Lynn's Morning Porch. So um yeah, if anybody wanted to pop over there, I post in, I haven't posted for December, everything will start back up in January, but I post intuitive um, practices every day. Ooh. And then we have like different, um, on full moons, I do some energetic cord cutting and a meditation for everybody and share messages and stuff like that. And anybody can join the group? Yep. And it's a, it's a, it is a private group. We just encourage people to engage. Okay. Like, don't be a weirdo voyeur. <laughs> don't be just watching no 
No, no. Don't be stalking. Start talking. Exactly. Oh, that's funny. That's so funny. I'm going to take that one. Oh, so Sandy, that's awesome. I, Carolyn, I saw the dowsing rods Carol made for the gathering at your house. So I did a, a divination tools class at my house. Ooh. And, you know, everybody got um, black mirrors for scrying and dowsing rods and mm. made their own runes and stuff. Thank you, Donna Jean. I, I appreciate it. I'm glad that you think it's uh, an excellent group. Yeah, Contessa, if you go on the top and use that search button, you should be able to find it. If you record voices of any kind, is it harmful to keep those recordings? So we had that. I think we answered that earlier. It's not. Yeah, it's about the yeah. intention that you um, the intention that you put into it. So we, I'm just noticing our time. So we do, we do need to, I know that was, it went by. Really, <laughs> I know it went by really quick. Thank you so much for hanging out. Where can people find you? Well, you can find me on Facebook just under Rhonda Dowdy. Um, you can find Fredericksburg paranormal research and investigating on Facebook. We're also for that. We're also on TikTok, Instagram, all the places like that. Um, for podcasts for the Orion Effect, we're Sunday nights at seven o'clock on the Orion Effect. You can go to Riff Nation Network and you'll be able to find those podcasts every um, Sunday night. And then for the freaking awesome paranormal show, I'm not always a host on there. I kind of fill in wherever they ask me to. Um, but that is on Tuesday nights at nine o'clock and sometimes on Sundays at nine o'clock. So. That's awesome. Um, so thank you. Thank you everybody uh, for being here next week. Uh, it's, a, it's another special show next week because next week um, I do this thing called the 12 days of giving on uh, Facebook. So I put up a spot as a guest on the show. So yeah, so uh, Jen Welsh Wilson is going to be on. Uh, we're just going to have another fun conversation. And I actually have um, UPRN uh, co-hosts uh, co coming on, Lorley Potvin and David Hansel from Yay. The Thing. Yeah, from The Thing at the Foot of the Bed. And Lorley also has the Angel Rocks. So they're going to be uh, joining us. So we'll have the three of us and... Um, uh, Jen Wilson with us next week. It's fun to do shows like this at the house. It, it is fun just keeping it nice and light at the same time. So you have been uh, listening uh, to the Spirit Switchboard on the United Public Radio Network and the UFO Paranormal Radio Network 105.3 and 107.7. Thanks for being here, everybody. We'll see you again next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.